are listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. We're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania. And I'm your host, Jason Cook. And in the studio we have today Peter Watts, who is here every Thursday. And uh, he's continuing his series today called Searching for Certainty. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Jason. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you here again. Now, Peter, I know that uh, you've got a bit of an interest in uh, soccer in the UK. You've (laughs) shared that with us before. Um, but I also know that you've been spending a bit of time at the Bellarive Cricket Ground, mm. which is also used as a football ground. Now, it's winter. There is no cricket happening. What is happening at Bellarive Why Cricket Ground? Why are you there so often lately? That's a very good point. Yeah, so um, we have been uh, conducting a, a series of meetings called Is God for Real? Um, uh, where we're giving some presentations. We're giving some evidence there for the existence of God, the reliability of Scripture. And what does the Bible have to say, particularly in the world that we live in where people are so concerned about uh, where we're headed and our series here is called Searching for Certainty. People want to know where is the world headed and what's going to happen next and we're going to unpack uh, a lot of those things. So we've been there uh, every Friday, Saturday and Tuesday evenings at 7pm. We will be there this coming Friday. 7pm at uh, Blunston Arena, the Bellarive Oval there. We actually, uh, the entrance is via the North Gate and we're in the Century Room. And um, this week uh, we're actually going to be talking about the Jesus myth. What is the myth about Jesus? Um, Many, many things have been said about Jesus, many books, many songs written about him. And uh, we're going to unpack that a little bit and talk about what is the Jesus myth. We're going to talk about a fascinating prophecy from ancient scripture uh, that I think many people, maybe uh, maybe even a lot of Christians, would be unaware of, uh, but I found it to be one of the most amazing prophecies in Scripture. So we'll be talking about that at 7 p.m. Uh, at the Blunston Arena okay. uh, this week. So, uh, yeah, if, if, you, if any of our listeners are in the area and uh, they'd like to come and join us, it's absolutely free, no obligation, just come along. Uh, have a listen and you will be most welcome yeah awesome now before we go on i'll just uh, remind our listeners of our show number this is our tassie encounters number that you can connect with us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one that's zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one write that down or save it in your phone as tassie encounters and you can communicate with us and later in the program we have a free book offer that will be giving away and we'll give you more information about that soon now peter um where have we come from in your program what what did you mm. talk about last week i think uh, tabitha actually yes, had tabitha. Uh, the program with you last week yeah that's right tabitha and i had a great time here uh, we were talking about playing by the rules and we're actually talking about the law of god the ten commandments and uh we we discussed the fact that you know any government uh any uh, institution really or even any game requires rules to mm. play by without the rules there is no game and uh, we just talked about the Ten Commandments and whether whether they were still binding does God expect people to keep the Ten Commandments and we indeed f- found uh, an abundance of evidence where God is calling us to, to keep his commandments not only from a perspective of obedience but rather because of the relationship that he wants to develop between us and him that he wants to develop between us and other human beings. And so we discover that the uh, the Ten Commandments were given to protect all the most important relationships in life. Okay. <clears throat> now, if you want to go back and have a listen to any of our previous episodes, you can do that on the Faith FM website. That's faithfm.com.au. 
or you can download the app if you've got a phone or tablet and you can listen to all of our past episodes. Just uh, find the program schedule, the Tassie Encounters program, and you can go back from the very first day that we uh, started broadcasting in May. Every program is on there, so you can go back and have a listen to them. Uh, particularly if you've missed uh, something recently, you can uh, catch up on that. So, And today's topic, uh, Peter, is the rest of the story. That sounds like it could be a long program. <laughs> well, uh, we've, we've uh, touched on certain things. We're going to actually look a little deeper into the Ten Commandments and look at one of them in specific, uh, specifically. But I thought I'd open with a, a, an illustration from a, a book of, from a few years ago now, 2005. But um, the book was called Affluenza. Uh, and it's got nothing to do with the COVID pandemic, <laughs> thankfully. But uh, it was called Affluenza, When Too Much Is Never Enough. And, uh, you know, it's very interesting um, when you think about anxiety rates, depression rates, and even uh, we've always had a relatively high uh, youth suicide rate in mm. Australia. Mm. And you kind of wonder why, because I, I came to Australia from the UK uh, as a 26-year-old, and I've loved living in Australia, and I think it's one of the best places in the world to live. Um, and you wonder why is there such a high youth suicide rate when we have so much? Mm. Um, and sometimes... You can have much materially, but you may not have purpose and meaning. Yeah. And uh, I think this is one of the things that they were discovering in this book. I, I travelled to uh, Cambodia in the early 2000s and mm. uh, encountered the people there who, who lived on in the rural areas. They lived on nothing. And, mm. you know, they, their daily existence was literally growing their food and, mm-hmm. and preparing their rice for their meals. And yet uh, I was amazed to see how they still had smiles on their faces mm. and they had a sense of contentment that many in, in our society mm. don't have. Yes. You know, and yet we've got so much. Let me read you something from this yeah. book. It says, The Western World, so this is the book Affluenza, When Too Much Is Never Enough by Clive Hamilton and Richard Dennis. It says, The Western world is in the grip of a consumerism that is unique in human history. We overwork. We spend huge amounts on things we never use, then we chuck them out. Hmm. Fortunately, there is a cure. More and more Australians are deciding to ignore the advertisers, reduce their consumer spending and recapture their time for the things that really matter. Hmm. And that's the element I wanted to really grab there is is we only have so much time here on Earth Hmm. and you know, sometimes it takes a crisis for us to realise we need to spend time on the things that really do matter. Um, and the Bible talks about this time element, and it's one of the Ten Commandments, and we're going to look at it in a minute. There's another illustration I'm going to share here from BBC News, uh, where Peter Bowes, uh, a reporter, back in 2015, he did a report for BBC News. It says, is this the secret to living longer? Well, I'm interested already, mm. right? Is this the secret to living longer? He says, if you're anything like me, your precious time is gobbled up by a pinging phone, a bouncing email icon and the ubiquitous stack of e- admin. But what if we could stop everything for just 24 hours to rest, reboot and refocus? Take a day away from the gadgets, gizmos, to-do lists and anything remotely connected to work. Could that be the elusive secret 
to a long and healthy life. And the report goes on to talk about a group of people who take a day off every week. And, and it's a day uh, where they just take a break from everything no- normal in their week. So they're not working. They're not down the grocery store. They're not watching the footy on the telly. They're, you know, even avoiding their emails and stuff to just to take a break. Mm. Uh, what a novel idea. Mm. Well, this is actually, of course, uh, an idea that God gave us in the very beginning. And uh, maybe uh, we, we had left off from last week's um, episode with John fourteen fifteen, which I'll get you to read, Jason. Uh, I actually don't have that verse. Oh, it's just, yeah, simple, simple one. If you love me, keep my commandments. Sorry. Yeah, you're I, right. I was looking for a longer verse. Yeah, here. yeah, no worries. <laughs> so, yeah, so Jesus' words to his disciples, he was just saying, if you love me, keep my commandments. And we talked about the commandments last week. And we want to focus particularly on the fourth commandment. I'm going to get you to read that, Jason. That's from Exodus 28 through 11. We read this last week, but we're going to focus down on this particular commandment. Yeah, it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Thank you, Jason. Yes, so here we see in the middle of the Ten Commandments, this is actually the longest commandment. It's the one that begins with the word remember, and Mm. God says this is an important day. I want you to remember it. It's going to be good for you. Mm. Okay, and it's interesting, isn't it, that... um, that uh, it refer, refer uh, sorry, you're right. It refers to uh, creation here as well. Yes. But but you know, was this the first time that uh, God you know gave us this Sabbath? Is this the first place in the in the Bible that it existed as a as a commandment or Ex- as an instruction? Excellent question. Yeah, some people believe mm. that the Sabbath was given at Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments, and that that was the first time that it appeared. But we actually can go back to uh, creation. We can go to, back to Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, and we can see the beginnings of the Sabbath here, right in the beginning of creation week. And I'll, I might get you to read that uh, in Genesis 2, 1 to 3, Jason. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. All right, so here we have something interesting. So this is the end of creation week. God has spent six days creating. He now creates a day called the seventh day, and uh, it says he rested, uh, he sanctified it, he blessed it. And what's interesting is in Scripture, especially in the Old Testament, there are not too many descriptor words. And what they would do is, for emphasis, they would repeat things. Mm. And here you have the seventh day mentioned three times in the same little passage. Mm. It's kind of like God, it's almost like he would put it in bold letters or highlighted. That's how they would do it in Scripture, is if they repeat it, you know that there's something important here. Mm. So you have the seventh day, the seventh day, the seventh day. God is saying, this is an important day for us. God did everything um, you know, in six days. And I'm just wondering, you know, why did he have another day where he said he didn't do anything? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I, you can think of that. He obviously knew. Now, this is before the fall. 
This is when, you know, the, the world was perfect. He's just created Adam and Eve and all the animals and plants and everything else in the, in the week. He creates a day in, 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 in which he says, I'm going to rest mm. and I want you to rest. And it's going to be a time for us to appreciate all that made. we already have. Yeah. yeah. So we're not actually making it or tending it or, you know, we're just appreciating it and each other. Of course, Adam mm. and Eve had each other. Mm. They had God and they had the creative world. Yep. And it was a day to rest. It was a day to reflect. Mm. It was a day to say, this is just wonderful. It's a day of gratitude, really, isn't it? Yeah. We all look forward to holidays, mm. don't we, Jason? Mm. We yeah. always look forward to holidays. Absolutely. And this was a holiday in paradise. Mm. Okay, we're going to go to our first break, but just before we do, we've got a question for our listeners, and uh, you can text in your answer on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. This question, why do you think God gave us a Sabbath rest, both in the Ten Commandments and uh, even in the beginning when he created the earth, he uh, indicated that he rested on the seventh day. So why do you think God gave us a Sabbath rest? Let us know your thoughts, 0488880891. We're going to have a listen to this song. It's called Write Them on My Heart by Maletta Fong. It's a beautiful piece of music really talking about the commandments and how God wants us to have them on our hearts You have written what you want from me in stone A reflection of your character O Lord So I try to keep your loss without regret I'm easily distracted and forget So write them on my heart Seal them in my mind The beauty of your love and grace combined Remind me just how lovely your commandments are of my heart There is only one desire inside of me It's to be everything you've created me to That I can grow is for you to come inside and take control. So write them on my heart, seal them in my mind. The beauty of your love and grace combined remind me just how. Reveals your grace Loves the motivation Behind your perfect way 
You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with Peter Watts with his series Searching for Certainty. And uh, the rest of the story is the title of today's program. Now, we just asked a listener question. Why do you think God gave us a Sabbath rest? And you can still text us in your answers, 0488880891. But we have had Stephen text in, and he has said to remember God. I think that's a, a pretty good reason, Peter. Mm, that's right. So uh, where do we go next with this uh, topic, uh, Peter? Yeah, well, uh, um, thank you to our listener for texting that in because it actually leads into what we're going to talk about now, and and it's it's all about time. So if we think about it, the the time periods that we have for measuring our lives here on Earth are really based on astronomical movements. So our days, for instance, we know that the Earth rotates uh, once every 24 hours, and that gives us our day. Um, months is based on the movement of the Moon. The Moon goes around the Earth every 29 point something days uh, and that gives us our month or a month and uh, of course years is the circuit of the earth traveling around the sun it takes mm-hmm. one year so those are the, where we get our time periods but what about weeks mm. when you think about the seven day week uh, there is nothing in astronomy that it is tied to there's no cycle that we observe um, that, that we can say yes we we have a seven day week because of this and this seven-day week is, is fairly universal. Yeah, exactly. And we can trace it back only to the first pages of Scripture, the first pages of the ancient Hebrew Bible, where God created for six days and then he rested and gave us that example. Mm. Um, and so uh, it's, it's, it's the others are based on astronomical movement. Our seven-day week is based on our relationship with God. If, we, if we're keeping the Sabbath, it's because we're remembering as our listener said, to remember God, we're remembering him and remembering that he, he created. And mm. we've already had, if people want to go back and listen, we had a, an episode on did we really evolve and talk about that issue of creation evolution. So that was interesting. Also, biblically, it's interesting to note that days began and ended at sunset. Um, and uh, Leviticus uh, 23.32, you might want to read that, Jason. It says, from evening to evening you shall celebrate your Sabbath. Yeah, so not only the Sabbath, if you go back into the first chapter of the Bible, it'll say, and there was evening and And morning morning the first day, uh, evening and morning the second day, and so forth. So the evening part came first. Mm. So at sunset is the point at time, biblically, when the day uh, ends and begins another one. And so um, God's people would do that. And so we've already noted that it was in creation. In Exodus chapter 16, people can read that. It's the story of when God rained down manna from heaven, Mm -hmm. and the Israelites would go out and collect it. And the Sabbath is seen very clearly in that passage. And that passage takes place before Mount Sinai too. So in answer to the question, you know, did the Sabbath exist before Mount Sinai, clearly we can see that it does. The next time we see it explicitly in Scripture, of course, is in the Ten Commandments, which you mentioned, Jason, you know, begins with the word remember. It's the Mm. only one of the Ten Commandments that begins with the word remember. Mm. And, I, you know, you, you 
kind of wonder, is that because God knew people might forget the Sabbath? Mm. Um, this is given to the Jews, though, you know, in the desert. Mm. Was it just for the Jews? Well, we're going to read a couple of verses. Maybe we'll read uh, Isaiah 56, 6 and 7. Um, because even in the Old Testament, it tells us we, we can find out an answer to that question. Mm. And then we're going to go to the New Testament and find out the answer to that question. So in Isaiah 56, 6 and 7, maybe you'd like to read that out. It says, Also the sons of the foreigner who join themselves to the Lord, to serve him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants. Everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant, even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. All right, so here it's saying that, that those who are not Israelites, if they keep the Sabbath and they join themselves to the Lord, then uh, they, the, you know, it also talks about um, making his house a, a house for of prayer for all nations. Mm. And so clearly we see that it was for everybody. And you come to the New Testament and we see that more clearly, uh, I think, in the words of Jesus, Mark 2.27 uh, we have another passage here. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. This is an interesting uh, passage. We, we, you know, some people might be listening and saying, was it made for women as well? Or, yeah. you know, <laughs> because it says it was made for man. And we need to understand what Mankind. the word is. Correct. Yeah. Um, so if you go back to the Greek original language, it actually says anthropos, right. which we uh, get our word anthropology, the study of Humankind. Yep. So um, he's what he's saying is this was made for human beings. Mm. The Sabbath was made for human beings and not the other way around. In other words, man was not created just in order to follow a set of rules, but mm. rather those rules were made in order to make for man's happiness. Mm. And the Sabbath was made for mankind. Uh, it was one of the things that God blessed us with. Mm. Um now, here's an interesting passage in Revelation, mm-hmm. which talks about uh, the Lord's Day. And, you know, many people would assume that they understand what day that is. You go read that, Jason. Yeah, it please. says, Revelation one ten says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's Day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. All right. So here John is receiving the revelation. And uh, he's, in a, he's, he's in this spiritual vision from the Holy Spirit. And he says, uh, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Mm. And we, I guess, in our culture, in our English speaking culture, we've gone accustomed to thinking, I know what the Lord's day is. Or certainly when I was growing up, Sunday was known as the Lord's day. Mm. Um, nobody needed to tell you that. It was just part of the culture. You knew, you knew that. But when we look at the Bible, we want to know biblically, what does that say? Uh, in Matthew twelve eight, Jesus himself, he says, for the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So if there is a Lord's Day, it's the Sabbath mm. um, in the Scriptures. And we've also already uh you know, read in the Ten Commandments, in the Fourth Commandment, which says, remember the Sabbath uh, of the Lord thy God, and so forth. So uh, the Sabbath, the day of the Lord is the Sabbath. The, the, the Lord's day is the Sabbath day. And, and right at, in that um, commandment, or right, right from the beginning in Genesis, it says, and God sanctified it. Yes. This is, this is the Sabbath. So yes. there's something special right from the beginning. 
Yeah. About the Sabbath. Well, yeah. In fact, if you look at um, Ezekiel 20, verse 12, there's an interesting parallel here. So if you read uh, that passage, Jason, Ezekiel 20, verse 12. Moreover, I also gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between them and me that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Okay, so this is interesting. When you read the, when we were reading in Genesis chapter two, mm. there were four things it said about, uh, that God did regarding the Sabbath. He rested. He ended. <laughs> yep. He rested. He blessed. And he sanctified. sanctified. And sanctified means, we've mentioned this name before, I think, it means to set apart. Uh, And in this context, it's to set apart for a holy purpose. Mm. Here it's saying, I've given them, that's my people, the Sabbath to be a sign between them and me that they may know that I'm the Lord that sets apart them. Mm. So it's fascinating. He set apart the Sabbath day as, uh, as holy. And then he wants to set us apart as holy as well. And Mm. keeping Sabbath is a sign of that, Mm. according to Ezekiel. A few verses later in Ezekiel 20, 20, it says, Hallow my Sabbaths, that means keep them holy, and they will be a sign between you and me, uh, me and you, uh, that you may know that I am the Lord your God. And, of course, the Sabbath is intrinsically connected with who the person of God is, because the Sabbath is a memorial to the fact that he's the creator. Mm. Okay, And that really separates God from all the other false gods that, that are talked about in the Old Testament, all the idols that they've set up and worshipped and so forth. This was the creator God. This was not the God of the wind or the, he, the sea or the, the trees. or it, This was the God of everything. You know, He was the creator God. What's interesting, too, we're going to go into the New Testament uh, in a moment, but Mm. there's a passage in the Old Testament I want to read in in Isaiah 66, 22 to 23, where God is basically saying that we're going to be keeping the Sabbath in the new heavens and the new earth. Why don't you read that? For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I make, shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. Mm. Now, it mentions uh, the new moons there, and we will talk about that Mm -hmm. when we talk about heaven because there's a reason for that even. But it says here, and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me. This isn't the new heaven, the new earth. This is when the whole great controversy between good and evil Mm. is over. And so we're going to be keeping the Sabbath then. So we've seen God gave us the Sabbath at creation, reiterates it at the Ten Commandments, all talks the way through the it. Old Testament. Talks about it uh, during his life here. During as his well. life. Jesus says he's Lord of the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Jesus says that the Sabbath was made for mankind. Um, and we're going to be keeping it in the new heaven and new earth. So it seems to be a continual mm. uh, memorial that God is intending here. Mm. We need to go to a break, Peter. Let's do that. Yeah. And uh, we're going to uh, have a listen to this song, but I will just remind you of our listener question. Why do you think God gave us a Sabbath rest? Text us in on 0488880891. We'd love to hear from you. This next song is My Soul Finds Rest by The Idea of North. My soul finds rest in God alone. Salvation, my soul finds a rest in God alone. He is my rock and salvation, 
Use my fortress, I will not be shaken. I got a rock I can lean on and it will stay. of North with My Soul Finds Rest. Uh, you're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and uh, we're talking with Peter Watts about the rest of the story and we're talking about the, the Sabbath rest that the Bible talks about. So uh, what else does the Bible say about the Sabbath that we haven't yet uh, got into? I know you were saying we were going to get into the New Testament, Peter. Yeah, yeah. So um, we've already noted that 
Um, we see Sabbath, of course, in the Old Testament, and a lot of people was, would say, yes, uh, you know, the, 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 the faith of the Bible is Christianity, mm. and so uh, we're followers of, of Christ. And um, what about him? What was his uh, relationship to the Sabbath? We've already read a little about him being the Lord of the Sabbath and the Sabbath made for man. If we go to Luke 4, verse 16, we uh, actually have a, an interesting passage there, if you'd like to read that. It says, So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. All right, so this is interesting. So, you know, if you have a custom, it's something that you don't do once in a while. This is this is your regular practice. Yeah. And he's in the town where he grew up. Okay, so he um, he goes to the synagogue. And the synagogue, literally, the, the word means the gathering place. Um, and... Uh, I've actually been, if you go to Nazareth today, you can actually go visit the place where that synagogue was, where Jesus used to attend, uh, and they've built a church on top of that now. And uh, so it was a great privilege to be able to go to Nazareth and actually be in that building. Mm. But um, he goes there, as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. So he goes to the place where others are gathering to worship. He goes there himself, and it says he stood up to read. So he participates in the worship service there. And um, so this was Jesus' custom. He was a Sabbath keeper. Um, and, uh, you know, not only that, if you look at Luke chapter 4, verse 31 and 32, it says uh, something else here. Then he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbaths. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. All right, so here, here it's talking about another synagogue that he went to on Sabbath, mm-hmm. uh, and this is Capernaum. And again, if you go to Capernaum today, you can go to a place. There's a ruin of a white um, white um, brick uh, synagogue there that's actually built on a basalt uh, foundation, and on that basalt foundation is the foundation of the synagogue Jesus would have taught in at Capernaum. So again, you can actually go visit the place, which is kind of nice. But uh, he went to Capernaum, he was at the Sabbath, uh, sorry, the synagogue there on the Sabbath, and uh, he was teaching, he's teaching God, God's word. So he's going there to worship in his uh, hometown of Nazareth, he's going to a synagogue in Capernaum, he's teaching people on the Sabbaths there. So Jesus, uh, of course, if he's Lord of the Sabbath, he's going to be upholding uh, that that commandment that um, he, he uh, you know, well understood. Mm. Now, here, when we talk about Sabbath, it's kind of interesting because some people get a very legalistic view of the Sabbath. That and, and that was something that the uh, the, the Pharisees and the, the Jews of the time had, absolutely. had got to a point where it had become a very legalistic approach. Correct. So uh, many people might know the history of the Jews. So the Jews had uh, moved into the Promised Land. They'd built this temple under King Solomon, and they were there, and then they got carried away captive to Babylon mm. because they have forsaken the Sabbath, they've forsaken God, they got into idolatry, all sorts of different things. And when they came back from Babylonian captivity, they said, we're not going to do that again. And they 
took the commandments of God and then they started to put extra layers around them. Mm. So they started to put extra layers of protection. So not only were you not going to break the Sabbath, you weren't even going to get close to breaking the Sabbath because we're going to wrap that in a blanket and then we're going to wrap that in another blanket. Then we're going to wrap that in another blanket until the point where you can't actually see the Sabbath anymore. Mm. It, it's interesting, isn't it, how, how God gives us a good thing and we either reject it or ignore it or we make it something that distort is not, it. and we destroy it. <laughs> yeah, we distort it. <laughs> it distort it. Yeah, and, we make uh, it into something else. It's uh, it's crazy how God gives us good things, and, and mankind has a way of uh, wrecking it. Mm, so this is very important because what Jesus was doing, some people believe that Jesus came to do away with the Sabbath. Mm. And, in fact, many of his comments uh, illustrate to us he definitely didn't do that. He said, think not that I came to destroy the law. Mm. Um, but he he was actually rescuing the Sabbath from the traditions of men. Yeah, and uh, I think he's trying to do the same thing today. By the way, he's trying to rescue the Sabbath from the traditions of men. And Jesus came to show them what the Sabbath was all about and how it should be kept. Mm. There's a passage in Matthew twelve ten to twelve. I'll get you to read, Jason, because it's quite fascinating. It says, And behold, there was a man who had a withered hand, and they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath, that they might accuse him? Then he said to them, What man is there among you who has one sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value, then, is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. All right, so here Jesus is rescuing the Sabbath Mm. and rescuing this man, Mm. incidentally, uh, from the traditions of men. They had built up this tradition Mm. where Sabbath had become like a a do-nothing day. Mm. Um, And, you know, I think that if you're raising children uh, and you say, right, you've got to sit in that chair and do nothing for 24 hours, that's going to be a nightmare for them. You know, they're not going to appreciate that. Mm. And I think that uh, Sabbath is uh, a holy day. It's a day that we... um, want to uh, reflect upon our relationship with God. We want to appreciate the natural world, the great outdoors that God has uh, created as Mm. well. Mm. And so um, we want to gather for worship. We want to appreciate the great outdoors. We appreciate other people. And, you know, we want to be a blessing to others, you know, on the Sabbath. And that was the important point Jesus was making here. As though somehow healing a person on Sabbath was going to be against the law. And Jesus says, you don't understand the Sabbath. Um, do you want to keep going now or should we go to a break soon? We're going to we, talk about a book offer in a minute. Yeah, well, let's, well, maybe we should talk about the book offer now. Um, and then, uh, we will go to a break and we'll come back and talk a little bit more about which day the Sabbath is. Okay. So the, uh, the book offer today is called The Truth About the Sabbath and it's an illustrated study of the Sabbath from creation to today. It's great for all ages. It's done in a, uh, a comic a, book, comic book style illustrated, uh, book. So, Peter, I believe you've got a copy of this book. And, I do. Uh, it was funny, actually, because many years ago, uh, when I first became aware of the Sabbath, this was probably one of the first um, booklets that I read about the Sabbath outside of the Bible itself. Mm. Um, and uh, I just thought it was very helpful. And it, like I said, it's in a comic book style. So, uh, children would benefit from it, but you know, so do adults. Uh, if you're anything like me, who maybe didn't know a great deal about the Bible and didn't know anything before about the Sabbath, uh, I think it was very helpful for me. So, mm, awesome. We're going to uh, go to this song. It's called "Holy, Holy, Creator of Time," and uh, just I'll ask that listener question again: Why do you think God gave us a Sabbath? 
Text us in on 0488880891. We'd love to hear your answer. And just immediately after the break, we'll give you the code for this book, The Truth About the Sabbath. This is Holy Holy Creator of Time. Holy, holy creator of time. You're listening to Faith FM with Tassie Encounters. And that song, uh, Holy, Holy Creator of Time, was actually uh, written and performed by uh, our wonderful host here, Jason Cook, <laughs> along with uh, Linda Story and... Lisa Holland. Lisa Holland. Thank yeah. you for hel- helping me out there. So thanks, yeah. Jason, for not only uh, writing but performing that one. Yeah, no worries. Uh, I, uh, I enjoyed writing that song and... Um, did, yeah, did a lot of Bible study as we uh, put the words together. Terrific. The, the lyrics of it. 
Um, now, um, we've got a little bit to go, but I did promise that we'd give you the code for the book. So that's the book, The Truth About the Sabbath. And uh, the code for today's book is SEARCH16, the number 16, and the word SEARCH, but no spaces, just SEARCH16. Text that to 0488880891. And we've got five copies of that book to give away today. So uh, the first five in will receive the book. SEARCH16, no spaces, to 0488880891. Now, Peter, um, before we went to the break, um, you talked about the fact that we were going to talk about which day the Sabbath is. So what, which day is the Sabbath? Yeah, so this was a great surprise to me when I learned uh, about it. And I, I suppose when you think about it logically, I don't know, maybe it shouldn't have been. Um, the, the Sabbath of the Bible, the seventh day of the week, is the day we commonly call Saturday. And... There'll be a lot of our listeners thinking, well, hang on, uh, I thought it was Sunday. Because mm. um, traditionally people considered the Sabbath their Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So so we're going to uh, actually look into that next week in next week's episode a, a lot about that. But the the biblical Sabbath is Saturday. The day that Jesus kept the Sabbath is, is, is Saturday. And we can actually have... Uh, confidence in in that, in the sense that uh, I mean, I, I remember being taught at primary school um, back in the UK that that Sunday was the first day of the week. I mm. remember seeing uh, seeing it on the calendar. I remember being taught that, mm. and it never really registered uh, in any way. And of course, I I wasn't particularly religious growing up anyway, so uh, I had no sort of interest in that. But the Bible itself helps us with this. If we look at Luke twenty three fifty four to fifty six. We notice that uh, around the time of the crucifixion, you know, every year we have a national holiday at Easter, right? And we have uh, that we commemorate the day on which D- Jesus died on the cross, and we remember it as uh, Friday, Good Friday. Yeah, that's it. We call it Good Friday. Good we have Friday. a national holiday, yeah. right? Um, outside of Christmas Day, Good Friday is probably the most important national holiday, you know, that we have in the calendar. So. Um, Good Friday, we realise Jesus was uh, died on the cross. And notice what it says here in Luke 23, 54 to 56, describing the day on which Jesus died on the cross. It was called the preparation day. But you read, read that for us, Jason. It says, That day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew near. And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. All right, so it's late Friday afternoon. Jesus has died on the cross. They have observed that he'd been taken down from the cross. He was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And uh, they observed that, and it says, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. It's late Friday night. Sunset Friday was when the Sabbath began. So they go home and they keep the Sabbath. The very next verse is Luke 24, verse 1. It says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. All right, so they are returning now. The Sabbath is over. It's the first day of the week, and they're coming to the tomb. But, of course, the tomb is going to be found empty because Jesus has risen. And we know which day Jesus rose from the dead on. You know, we commonly call it Easter Sunday. Yeah. And so... You've got the preparation day, the day Jesus died on. That was Good Friday. You've got Easter Sunday, he rose from the dead. That's, you know, the third day. 
Um, and that, you know, in terms of he was going to rise the third day. Mm. So the Sabbath is the day between those two. Mm. The Sabbath is the day between Friday and Sunday. And that, of course, makes it very easy for us to recognize that it's it, the day Saturday. It shouldn't be that hard for us, as I said, because most people have heard that Sunday is the first day of the week. We also know that Jews today still keep the Sabbath. Um, you know, on the Saturday, and so uh, it's perhaps uh, not not surprising. What's interesting is if you go to the New Testament, because some people will say, "Well, you know, after the resurrection, uh, things changed." Mm. You know, and and I've heard people say, "Well, we, you know, maybe people keep Sunday now because of the resurrection day, right? Mm. Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday, but we have to remember that Jesus did many." amazing things on many days hmm. uh, but it didn't change the, the Sabbath of the fourth commandment and uh, if we go to um, uh, Acts chapter 17 1 and 2 we, th- we see Paul in Thessalonica and notice what it says there would you like to read that now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them, and three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures. So here again, Paul, as his custom was, Hmm. he's going into the synagogue on the Sabbath. Now, some people say, well, he's going to the synagogue, that's the Jews, Hmm. obviously it's going to be Sabbath. So notice what it says here in Acts 18, verses 4, and we're going to skip to verse 11 too. So, um, verse 4. As he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded with both Jews and Greeks. I'll, I'll get you to pause there. I, I've been to the ruins of the city of uh, Corinth and you can see lots of places there that Paul would have been. Paul spent about a year and a half in uh, in Corinth and he, in fact it says in verse 11 he continued there a year and six months teaching them the word of God. And it says he went to the synagogue every Sabbath. Mm. And not only that, it says he persuaded both Jews and Greeks. And Greeks. This is the non-Jews who mm. are coming to the synagogue on the Sabbath to hear the word of God. You come to uh, Acts chapter 13, verses 42 and 44. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. So the Gentiles, just a moment there, that's verse 42 of Acts 13. The Gentiles, they are the non-Jews. Okay, and then it says in verse 44. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. So here you have many references, and we're not done yet. We could talk about what happens at Philippi as well, that that Paul meets some women who are meeting on the Sabbath uh, by a river. Uh, So many Sabbath references, and you're thinking to yourself, well, why is that the case? Um, one of the interesting ones to me is Matthew 24, verse 20. Jesus is talking about the signs of uh, the times, and he's also talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. And he says, when talking about predicting the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70, back in AD 31, Jesus is saying to his disciples, pray that your flight from Jerusalem may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. In other words, Jesus in AD 31 is seeing that his followers will be keeping Sabbath even in AD 70. Mm. And that's fascinating because it doesn't seem to me that Jesus is saying the Sabbath's not going to be continued or it's not going to be kept by my people. Mm. I want to finish with uh, Isaiah um, chapter 58 because there's something significant here I want to just say. 
Yeah, it says in Isaiah 58, 13 and 14, it says, If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honourable, and shall honour him, not doing your own ways, not finding your own pleasure, not speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the hill, high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. No, I love this verse because it talks about the fact that Sabbath is supposed to be a delight. Yeah. We, we are supposed to experience it as a delight. Mm. And I kind of figure it like this, Jason. It's all about relationship. Mm. Imagine you go out with your beloved on a date. And you're sitting there, maybe you've gone to a restaurant or something and you've ordered the meal and you're sitting there and and you say to your date, do you mind if I just catch the game while we're here? And you, you put the, you get your phone out and you're watching the football and she's sitting across from you. How's she going to feel if you've decided to put your focus and your attention on something else mm. other than her? Well, maybe by the end of the game, she won't be there. <laughs> you know, I would think that's the point. I think the Sabbath is a date that God has set up to spend quality time with us. Mm. And he's going to give us his undivided attention. And he wants us to give us to give him our undivided attention. It's really all about our relationship with him. Mm. I've got a question here. I don't know that we've got time to fully answer it. Does does it really matter whether we keep the Sabbath or not? I don't know if we can answer that next week. I think we will answer it next week. I mean, I would say it's like an anniversary. Does your anniversary really matter? Mm. And I think some would uh, certainly answer that in the affirmative. Next week we're going to get into the subject of why Sunday? How did what? Why is it that the majority of the Christian world mm. keeps Sunday as a day of rest or a day of, of holy a holy day? And the title will be Truth or Tradition. We're going to take a big, deep dive into that. Yeah. Remember our offer for today: search sixteen for the book, "The Truth About the Sabbath." And uh, tomorrow we've got David Maxwell talking about Laodicea. We do hope you can join us and uh, tomorrow and also next week. This is uh, Remember the Sabbath. It's from the Pillars of Our Faith album, produced by 3ABN. We hope you can join us tomorrow. Until then, be safe.
Oh